I'm Jared Finkelstein, and this is the Conflict Hotline. What you say next can change your world. I will be hosting today's show, and we will be doing part two of the topic, Sex with Someone Else. We did part one of this topic back in October, and tonight we have Newt Bailey and Allie Miller back in the studio with us to continue this exploration. So now let me uh, pass the camera to uh, our Conflict coach, Mickey Cashton, to explain the situation. Thank you. So last time what happened is uh, we worked, uh, I worked individually with Casey, who is being played by Ali, and with Dan, who is being played by Newt, on this situation where Dan had sex with another person, and this created some kind of a breakdown. Towards the end of our work together, <coughs> um, Casey had an experience of being finally heard a little bit for the devastation and disorientation that you felt. Mm -hmm and just a little bit of maybe there could be trust somewhere in the future. Mm -hmm. And um, you were able to hear her, and partly that was at great cost because it brought you to think that there was something wrong with you. And that this is something that I definitely want to come back to uh, later. Uh, how can we hear people without making ourselves wrong in the process? And I'd like to just hear for a second, I understand that in the weeks since we've seen each other, you've been staying with friends and you haven't had a whole lot of contact with each other. So how are you now in this moment? Well, um, we've not been talking, so it's good to be here so that we might talk and um, hoping that we can move forward a little bit with the whole situation. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous. Um, but also, uh, you know, a smidgen hopeful, um, hoping that this will be helpful. Thank you. So in a moment, we'll come back to this session, and I want to give it back to Jared to finish introducing the show. Thanks, Vicki. Conflict Hotline is a live program about the common challenges that we all face in our relationships at home and in the world. It's about what awareness and skills we can develop to face those situations more successfully. We're an all-volunteer effort, and we are affiliated with Bay Area Nonviolent Communication. If you'd like us to use your situation in a future show, please email us at conflicthotline at bayNBC.org. Now let's uh, get back to the situation and, and see with uh, Mickey's support what, uh, what sort of conflicts we can resolve this evening. Thank you. So I'd like to start with just um, here we are. In, in this session, and I'd like to talk a little bit about this dilemma that so often happens, because in any relationship, sooner or later, person A is going to do something that is painful to person B, and person B is going to do something that is painful for person A. That just happens, that is part of life. How do we come back from this? And I'm not trying to minimize what happened here, just talk about the general principles, which is that it becomes very difficult to hear the other person if we make ourselves wrong for what they did, for what we did, and, and we make ourselves responsible for their pain. So there's something very powerful about being able to just be present, present and heart open to another person's pain without making ourselves the guilty party. Mm. Um, so how do we do that? How do we protect ourselves from taking on the blame? It's a very subtle process of recognizing that the pain is the other person's experience. It's related to what we did, but it's not caused by it. 
And it's not caused by it because in between what you did and her experience, there is the meaning that she makes of it. And the meaning that, that you made of it is a certain sense of devastation, disorientation. Can I trust him? Did he ever care? All that happens inside of her. It's related to what you did. It's not caused by it. It is what she does inside with the experience. This is a very, very significant piece to understand for any conflict between people, that we're not responsible when we don't cause the other person's experience. So I'm, I'm wondering if, um, if you can find any place of any kind of wiggle room through that way of framing it. Um. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's confusing because I, I, um, you know, I kind of like the sound of what you're saying in a certain way, and at the same time, I'm, I'm suspecting that Casey's not going to be quite as in favor as what of what you're saying, and so. So there is also room for mourning our action, which I I have a sense that you might feel that kind of mourning. Because seeing the amount of pain that she's in, and with your love and care for her, that would be very, very sad. What do you mean by mourning? Like just feeling sadness about seeing the choices that you made, how they're not aligned with the kind of effect that you want to create in the world or in this relationship. Sure. Yeah. And then, because see, there's. Um, I know this has happened to me, and I don't know if this goes on for you. When somebody takes responsibility for my pain, it almost feels like I have to take care of them to reassure them that they are an okay person. Um, and, and it doesn't actually keep the focus on me and my pain. And that's what I want to do first, is to just keep your focus on her experience without involving, did I do something wrong here? Okay, I can try and do that. And if, you, it, and if it feels to you like you're getting pulled into, there's something wrong with you, let me know, and then we can kind of like put a magnifying glass on that and see what we can tweak in the moment. And um, I'm wondering if you have any reactions to what I'm saying. A mixed reaction. Mm -hmm. um, because I like, I like what you're saying about him keeping the attention on me. Mm -hmm. um, and if he's going to be like feeling guilty, I get how then he won't be focused on me. But I kind of want him to feel guilty. Um, like I, I want him to, I want him to feel remorse. So this, this is, uh, this, there's this subtle difference between guilt and mourning. Mm -hmm. Guilt has this idea that something wrong happened. And mourning has a, a kind of a quality of, of heartbreak. And I have more confidence that when somebody gets into that place of heartbreak, they will be able to connect. And the guilt is so uncomfortable that we kind of like scramble to get out of it. And then the flip side of it is, you're making me guilty. Stop your pain. Do you see? Mm -hmm. So I, I have a sense that if you receive his full open heart, it will be sweeter than if he says, I'm sorry I did something wrong. Hmm. 
let's see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we start from how are you feeling right in this moment about the whole situation? And what I want you to do while she's talking is to just keep your attention focused on understanding her experience. Kind of like separating it from you and who you are. Just be with that experience, that whatever the experience is. So I'm, I'm definitely not as scared as I was last week. Um, it was nice to have some space. Um, and I got a lot of support from friends. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm just sitting with this question of whether I can stay in this relationship or not. Mm -hmm. So um, a part of me would love to because I love him. Um, and then another part of me thinks maybe it's like the stupidest thing I could do. Mm -hmm. Because it might happen again. And I don't want to be one of those women who, you know, I don't want to be a sucker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to really trust yourself to stand up for what matters to you. Yeah. And I don't want him to think he can get away with this, mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, I'm in this long-term relationship with somebody who's like frequently cheating on me. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it sounds like what's important to you is to have something that will give you confidence that he gets it enough to so never do it again. So that you have trust that it won't happen again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's see, what were you able to hear? Um, she wants me to feel guilty. Um, and she wants me to never do it again. And, to, and she wants to feel confident that I'll never do it again and, and to not be a sucker. So uh, thank you. I'm appreciating hearing this because I can see that exactly what I was concerned about is happening which is that you're filtering this through your own pain. Instead of hearing her, you are hearing the effect that this has on you. So I want to I bring your attention back to um, really what, what matters is to hear what she cares about and what she wants. And uh, let me repeat what I am getting that she wants. I'm getting that, that uh, she wants to trust herself to stand up for what matters to her. That's part of why she's worried about relaxing into staying in this relationship. Because she wants to trust herself to stand up and protect herself. So let's see if, if you get this part. Can you say this part in your own words? Yeah, I guess. Um, um, she, wants to, she wants to stand up for herself. But I did hear her say she doesn't want it to happen again. I mean, I'm just can saying you, can that. You, can you put that aside for a moment and just really understand? Can you understand this experience of something happened that was really not working for you? And you want to have some confidence that you are going to take measures to make sure you don't suffer again? Can you understand that experience? Sure. That's what she's talking about. OK. So. Can you put it in your own words? What is it that you understand about that experience? She wants to make sure that she doesn't have the kind of pain and experience that she's been talking about with me doing what I did. Yeah. Did he get it? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I mean, he's saying it. I don't know if he's feeling it, but I, I Are feel you like surprised? he's getting it intellectually. Are you surprised a little that he's able to get it? No. Okay. So are, are you, are, she's getting it kind of on an intellectual level. And I, I'd like to know if, if you're able to kind of like open your heart to just get how significant this is. Um. Really, really put yourself in her shoes. That's the key to bridge the gap is you're in two separate places and I want you to kind of like enter her shoes. Yeah, I guess I get, I get it that she, I get that she, that you wouldn't want this to happen again and that you'd want to do whatever you can do to make sure it doesn't and that you want to be able to trust whoever you're with, to trust me if you're with me. I think I get that. Do you trust that more? Mm-hmm, a little. Thank you. I, I really appreciate the stretch. And before we continue, I just want to check in with you, Jared, kind of like sitting there on behalf of the audience. Mm -hmm. Do you have any questions so far? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it, hearing the back and forth, uh, I'm sensing something's happening here, but it, it seems to me the issue is, is about trust. Mm -hmm. And that trust has been broken here. Does, does this process that you're inviting them to go through, is this somehow going to rebuild trust? Is that? That is my hope. Okay. And it's one of the most complicated things in life to rebuild trust mm. when, when somebody feels that it's broken. Okay. And if you think about it kind of like metaphorically, if trust has been broken, what ground do you stand on to go anywhere mm -hmm. to even rebuild the trust? It's like it all feels so shaky. So it's almost like you, you have like these little pieces of like if you think about crossing um, um, uh, broken ice, um, you know, river. Uh, there isn't really a footing there to stand on. Yeah. So it's kind of like you stand on one piece and it's drifting. And, uh, you know, can you even stand on it without it sinking again into that cold water that you finally got yourself out of? Right. So it's very, very difficult. And so what I do is I try to really hold it into to very, very small steps because I, I like this metaphor because if you think about it, if you jump to a piece that's too far, uh, it's going to get you more off balance. But if you take one tiny step and you really steady along the way, you can gradually cross to the other side. So the piece that, um, that I am counting on is that whenever any of us feels fully, fully heard about something, there's like magic that happens. There is like, oh, maybe there's possibility. Maybe there's room for me. It's like the sense of I'm heard and the sense of what I'm experiencing matters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what I'm working with right now, is for, for Casey to get the sense that she's heard and that it matters. Okay, I mean, I think, I think that's, that, that's clarifying for me, and I'm imagining some of the viewers at home, that you're not here necessarily to fix their relationship and get them back together. No. But rather, this is a process of maybe repairing some of the trust that's been broken, and then they'll be in a better situation to decide what they want to do with their exactly. friendship. Exactly. I, I, my goal is never to keep a relationship or end a relationship. My goal is to support people in hearing each other well enough that they can make the decision together and not against each other. Oh, I see. 
And if they make the decision that it will serve more of their needs to end a relationship, people can end a relationship and have that be a life-affirming process. Or they can stay in a relationship and have it suck. So it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's When not... I hear you say that, I imagine you're really trying to spare them resentment and bitterness. Yes. Ah, okay. Yes. Yes, thank you. Got it. Oh, Matt, actually, why don't we take a, a quick break, give uh, our role players a chance to self-connect and take in what we just did, let the audience at home do the same, and we'll be back in just a moment. And welcome back to the Conflict Hotline. This month, uh, we are doing part two of Sex with Someone Else, which is a continuation from a previous episode. But before we get back to the scenario, I'd like to take a moment to introduce both of our role players and learn a little bit more about them. Newt Bailey and Allie Miller are both professionals who use nonviolent communication principles in their work. They're both quite skilled in this technique and this process, and they, uh, they use it to bring uh, greater awareness to the situations that we, we act out on the show. So Newt, would you like to uh, share with us a little bit about what you do professionally? Yeah, I um, work here in the Bay Area and across the U.S. as a, a trainer, uh, sharing nonviolent communication with public classes and also in organizations. And um, I also work largely with uh, couples uh, to help them with communication difficulties like the one that we're acting out this evening, both in the Bay Area and over Skype. Great, thank you. And Ali, would you like to share a little bit about what you do professionally? Sure. Um, I'm a licensed psychotherapist with a private practice in San Francisco and Berkeley, and I integrate MVC into my work with adult individuals, couples, and I have a women's group. And I'm also an assistant trainer in the Bay NVC Immersion Program this year. Great, thank you. Welcome. And Mickey, I want to hand uh, both of them back into your care for continuing the situation. I am I'm really back and roll. grateful and delighted. No, before the roll, just want to say that I'm grateful and delighted to have such expert support in enacting this very rich and complex uh, situation that we're facing. So now let's go back. You're Dan, and you're Casey. Okay. And we are in mid-session, and we just um, um, are looking at this difficulty of how to give you, Casey, a full sense of being heard. Mm-hmm. And um, have, I, I, I guess, part of what I, I want to kind of like invite you into is trusting that there is room for you to be your full human self and to kind of like rest in that trust as you reach for uh, connecting with Casey's heart. Yeah, that sounds like, I don't know, like almost like a foreign language or something. Yeah, yeah because if you remember last time uh, when, when we worked individually, you were kind of relieved by the fact that I wasn't judging you. Yes. That's still true. Ah, okay. So if you can rest in that, in knowing that there's at least one person who is not judging you, that might give you room to open your heart fearlessly to Casey. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything else that he hasn't heard yet? I mean, the word that 
is here right now is like is just that I feel really betrayed, and um, I kind of feel like he gets it. Um, again, like on a head level, but it, I don't like when you were talking to Jared about Matt. People want to be heard and matter. I don't. I'm not at all feeling like it is like really that yeah. it matters to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a moment. I I really want to kind of like focus the lens on this experience of being betrayed and see what the different parts of it are. I'm guessing that part of it is the sense of shock. Mm -hmm. Of you had a sense of one story going on and suddenly discovering another story. Yeah. And one sense of, uh, I know this person, and now it's like, I don't know this person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some other aspect of it, I, I'm guessing, is that sense of anguish about, am I really care, uh, cared about? Yeah. And just as you say that, it's like, and fear that if it's true that he doesn't care about me, and then we break up, then it's just like despair about being alone again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that and never trusting anyone again. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a sense of like a hole somewhere, and and uh, you know it's part of it is can I trust him, and part of it is can I trust anyone? Yeah, that's yeah. what's so intense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the piece that I that I that I want you to get is that question, can I trust anyone now that this happened? Do you see how, you know, it's almost like the whole world gets repainted when something like this happened for her? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I have a sense of that. That's why, I mean, that's why, you know, I wasn't intending to get caught because I knew that it would have a big effect. So, you know, I'm not saying that proudly or anything, but I didn't want to subject her to this. Yeah, so it's almost like I'm, what I'm getting is like in some kind of like roundabout way, the, you get her pain through understanding the intensity with which you were hiding it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a way of saying it, yeah. Yeah. All I'm hearing is like he would do it again and he would just make sure he wouldn't get caught. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, because it's caught or not caught. It's part of it is how could he have made the choice to do this at all? Tell you or not is, is a separate thing, but how could he make that choice? That choice in itself, whether or not you know, creates some distance for you. Yeah, and that's why I think I need to hear from him, like, what was going on because mm -hmm. I'm still like in the dark about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know last time when I said that, you said you didn't actually think I wanted to know. I more well, I'm more to be trusting heard. it today. Yeah. I'm more trusting it today because today I'm hearing it as more being about repainting the picture of who this person is. Yeah, because right now I'm like, I don't know. I just have these ideas and I'm looking at him and I'm like hearing things and I'm, I just keep trying to figure out who he is. Yeah. So I'd like to know. Mm-hmm. So before we go there, I would like to invite you to kind of like really rip your heart open and tell her what are you actually feeling in relation to her being in so much pain. 
and, and really to see if you can stay on this side of guilt and, and to just kind of like reverberating with whatever it is that she's experiencing, still in terms of being with her. Um. How is it to see her in so much pain? been hard. It's not anything that I would want to see. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a worse version of something that I've seen a lot and I never enjoy it. So, um, so it's painful. Is it painful? Uh, can, you, can you say something about what makes it painful? Painful to just see her in in a lot of upset and a lot of distress and and that she doesn't trust, you know. Um, yeah, it's just painful to 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 be a witness to that, I suppose. Because you care about her, or because yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want it to be. I don't want. I don't want that to be what she's experiencing. I definitely don't want it to be something she's experiencing because of things that I'm doing. You know? That's not the effect that I want to be having and I don't want her to be having that... that... upset. How is this to hear? Well, I'm imagining everyone knows what I'm thinking because it's so obvious to me. But it's like, if you don't want me to be in pain, then why would you do it? Mm -hmm. That's all I can... That's all that's going on for me. Yeah, so there's still that gap of how to make sense. Because it, it, you just can't put these things together. So I'm wondering if in this moment, do you trust his care right now? No. No. In fact, the story I'm telling myself is like, he actually doesn't love me anymore and this was his way to get out. Because he knew it would devastate me and lead me to break up with him. Hmm. And I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know if that's true, but that's, that's kind of my reality right now. What, what I'm getting in this is, although you're not saying it, is that you really want something that will give you a sense of his love. Yeah. Yeah. And in this moment, it, it, you're really struggling to see where, where is that love. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. It's kind of uncomfortable to sit here and feel so um, uncertain of his love. Can you uh, um, have a, an understanding of why it would be hard for her to trust your love right now? Sure. Because I think that can be even a tiny, tiny bridge between you, as if you can... Yeah, I, I don't expect her to, to love me, and I don't expect her to trust that I love her after what I did. <laughs> but I still do love him. Yeah. And I bet that's hard to 
say in this moment? Yeah, especially if it's not, like I'm not feeling confident that he loves me. Mm -hmm. It just seems like this whole thing is a lot easier for him. So part of what I'm sitting here seeing is both of you have difficulty with him. He's sitting here, I bet anything, in an internal war. Is that true? No, I'm certainly not enjoying myself, that's for sure. So I, I just, you know, I know it's kind of like hard to understand, but imagine for a moment that whatever it was that made him choose to do this is not about not loving you. Just take that on. Okay, I'll try. On faith for just one second. Okay. And just imagine what it would be like to have made a choice that you don't, subsequently don't stand behind. And then see somebody. Does he subsequently not stand behind it? That's what I'm hearing him say. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did what I did, and I, and I, and I, now I'm seeing the effects of it. And if I had seen the effects of it up front, like really, if I'd stopped and really thought about that and seen it, then I would have done something different. But I didn't stop and think about that. Why? I feel like I need to know why. I can say why. I mean, I've said why before, but um, I was at my wit's end, I mean, about how to make that part of our relationship work. And I was very frustrated and angry about it. And suddenly an opportunity came up and I just decided to go for it and not to, and I just wanted to get away from the pain of all of the, the endless confusion and disconnection about our sex life. And I just wanted to just get away from it. And I, and I, afterwards I sort of thought maybe that that would bring about some sort of relaxation on my part where I could be willing to re-engage with this like painful, fruitless battle that we've been having to try and actually connect with each other in that way. So it was like your way of trying to make our relationship better? I'm not, I'm not pretending that that was the whole story, but afterwards I thought that maybe it would. At the moment I was just following a, a physical sexual urge, you know, that I have and that which hasn't been hardly satisfied for two years or more, you know? I'm not saying I did the right thing, but I'm, there's nothing wrong with me having a libido. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you having a libido. I've never said that. Yeah, I know that. Did this help you in any way understand? It, 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 uh, a little. So can you say what it is that you do, you do What understand? I do understand? Yeah. He was frustrated. He was horny. He acted on it without thinking. And... In retrospect, when he reflects on it, his theory is that maybe it was a way to like release some steam so he would feel less sexually frustrated and then would feel more relaxed around me. Thank you. 
the, the one piece that I also hear and it, it, that I also want you to hear is just how hard it had been for him for so long, the way things were between you. Yeah, that's hard for me to hear. Because then I do the guilt thing. And, 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 and that's, I understand. And I want the two of you to be able to hear each other without guilt. Because this is just pain. Neither one of you is wrong for having pain. I just want you to get that it had been that painful for him. This doesn't justify, he's not justifying his action. I just imagine that getting how painful it had been for him might make it more understandable why he could be acting without thinking. So um, you mind if I uh, interrupt and ask a, a few questions that I sure. think some of the people at home might be wondering. This, this back and forth here, um, I've been, as I've been watching it, it it's complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, through this filter of, of mistrust and guilt, which, is, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, it seems to be that's what you're trying to chip away at, to mm -hmm. you know, have less guilt live in both of them and, and more trust emerge in both of them so they can really hear each other. But um, I'm just curious, what, what's stopping them from just saying, I don't trust you, I don't want you to be in my life anymore, I'm going to attend to my, my needs that way. I'm imagining for a lot of people at home, they're wondering, why go through all of this? Mm. So, um, so here's, here's my thought. If you don't do something like this, then you end up having two choices. One is to stuff the pain and keep going with the relationship. And eventually, you can kind of get back to normal flow. But the pain is there. So that next time something painful happens, and it doesn't even have to be the same thing, something painful happens, it brings up that previous pain. So the fights get worse and worse over time. That's one thing that people sometimes do. The other thing that people do is break up in a way that erodes their trust in human beings and in themselves. And if you then continue on with life, with less trust in yourself and with human beings, what's the chance of the next relationship to have a really good outcome? Mm. You're going to kind of like think, okay, I'll get the next perfect person, but then, um, you know, whatever they do, you still bring the pain from the previous relationship into it. Mm -hmm. And then you end up in the fifth or sixth relationship having pain from four or five relationships that just piles up. Mm -hmm. And again, this is uh, to stretch your capacity to be human right now, to be able to make sense of your own and another person's responses, and to reach some understanding allows you more of yourself, either for this relationship or another. So, so that's a really interesting piece you said at the end. So in some ways, even though you're resolving a conflict between the two of them, it sounds like you're really actually helping them create some more self-awareness and understanding of their internal experience. Yes. So they're more capable of interacting with other people. I think it adds resilience. Mm. They either end up working it out, which they might, or they end up choosing to separate, but with an understanding of what happened that gives them a little bit more peace and integration that then serves as the foundation so that they're not in this, mm -hmm. you know, place in the river that they can't cross. 
So it's there, almost like a little bridge to the other side of the of the river. And succinctly, so for the viewer at home who's wondering why I go through all of this, it, in some ways I can almost put it as, as simply as going through all of this will really bring greater self-awareness and greater capacity moving forward. It's whatever there is to learn in what happened gives you an opportunity. So let's take a break and yeah. then we'll come back to this. The skeleton yeah. is rotting in the grave and the clay pot fell and down. Hi there, welcome back to the Conflict Hotline. Tonight we are still um, in the subject matter of sex with someone else. And uh, Mickey, I'll just hand it back to you to continue uh, moving forward in this very, uh, very interesting conflict we're working out tonight. Yeah. So last I remember is I was inviting you to see if you can understand the level of pain that right. would lead someone to make a choice that afterwards doesn't make any sense, but just how desperate he was. Pain isn't resonating. I get. I can kind of stretch to get the sexual frustration. I get that. I think but there's pain, more. I'm like, what's the pain? The pain, it's not just sexual frustration. It's this sense of despair about, can we make this relationship work? Oh. If this is so complicated, if we, we always try to talk about it, we always end up fighting, disconnecting, whenever we get to this part of the relationship. So it's not just physical. Okay, I, I wasn't hearing that, but now I'm hearing that. And again, it doesn't justify, but it, it's, for me, I find that if I can have, you know, kind of like human understanding of why somebody acts a particular way, it gives me relief, even if I don't like what they did. So he was in so much despair about, like, could our relationship ever work? Yeah that he slept with someone else? It's, uh, here's how I, I see it. He was in so much despair and, frust and frustration that he wasn't connected enough with himself to make choices consciously. No? Mm -mm. You don't have the experience of being in so much despair that you just act out without thinking? Never happened to you? I've never cheated on anyone. I'm not talking about the specific act, just the being in a place where you're in so much pain that you're not thinking through how you're responding. Yeah, I've like lashed out at people before. Great. So it's not what he did. It's just the state of being desperate. That's what I want you to understand. That's the state that he was in. Chew on it for a moment. Okay. I can happily remind you of some things that you've done when you've been in an ex extremely despairing, painful... I don't uh, think that will help. I doubt it will help. Well, okay. It wouldn't help, would it? No, it's like, he, it's like now he's pissed off at me, and meanwhile he's the one who cheated on me, and that's my whole thing about this whole conversation. It's like, ah, it's like getting turned around, and like, I'm the bad one, and I'm not... I'm kind of, I feel like I'm done. Like, I cannot even believe that, like, you're getting an attitude with me when I'm the one who's just, like, revealing that I'm afraid you don't love me in a vulnerable place. But I do love you. No, I haven't said that I don't love you. You know? I mean, this is not because there's any 
changing how much I love you and, I, and the fact that I'm sitting here isn't because I don't love you. And the fact that I've tried for two and a half years with all the things that you know that I've tried to do and that we've well, tried maybe, to do. Maybe you're fed up and you're just too scared yeah, to tell I'm me. Yeah, I'm fed up, but it doesn't mean that I don't love you. But do you want to stay with me? That's why I'm here is to try and figure out how we can stay together and actually have a w relationship that works. I don't want to just carry on having what we've been doing. I want to change. But I love loads of things about us and I love loads of things about you and I don't want to just give up on it. And it's hard to like, think that you don't even believe that. It's hard for you that I don't believe you? Yeah, it's hard. Why? why? Because I do love you and I want you to know that. That's why. It's just painful for you to like, have this idea that suddenly that's, everything's just gone. I, I know that I screwed up in that way, but it doesn't mean everything's just gone. He wants to be seen for what's in his heart towards you. That's what, it, that's what he's saying. He wants me to see that he loves me. Yeah. I want to see that too. I see it a little. How do you see it? I mean, I, I kind of believe him when he's saying it. But I still don't, it's, it doesn't fit with my story of like, when you love someone, you don't do that. Like you don't cheat on someone you love. Thank you. Now, this is really helpful because I think that um, often enough when we have a story about how life operates, that story makes it sometimes hard to understand somebody else who doesn't have the same story. Um, so then we have this gap and that's, I think, the, the kind of like the crux of the mistrust is you thought he lived the same story as you. And what he is saying is, I love you just as much as I ever did, and that, and my having chosen what I did, can coexist in me. Yeah, that's so hard for me to understand. Yes, and that's, that's what he wants to be seen for. This is exactly the piece where, where there may be, um, 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 you know, a little tiny bridge. If you can imagine that someone else may be in a different place than you, that for him, the love is independent of the choice that he made. Not that he likes the choice. I mean, he understands the choice. Right? So maybe he loves me, but does, you, you don't, if you respect someone, so then it's respect. It's like, you don't cheat on someone you respect. I don't, I don't know how to let, let it in that someone can really love and respect me and betray me so deeply. How, how can that be? Yeah, this, this, I, I'm just really sitting here with this difficulty because I, I totally know that from your end it, it was not at all about not respecting her. No. Although I totally understand why you would see it that way now. And now I, it was not, I wasn't thinking about respect or not respect. I wasn't thinking about very much. Right, you weren't thinking about me. Yeah. Because I don't matter to you. I want you to see if they can see a difference between you don't matter to him and he wasn't thinking. He was in so much pain that he wasn't thinking. 
That's the piece that I want you to really wrap your mind around. He was in so much distress about what was going on, and he still is in that much distress. Why didn't he come to me and tell me? Because that's not his style. He it has been, though. He tried, and he, he was kind of not trusting that that would work. He didn't know what to even say. Just Well, then I don't know if I respect him. I don't respect people who do that. Mm -hmm. Who lie, who cheat, who like... All of a sudden I'm with someone who I don't respect. I'm, I'm really, you know, it's like there's layers and layers of what we are discovering. So it, it, it's, can, the question then is, can you respect him? That's an open question. Not in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I have a sense that you can appreciate why she would have trouble respecting you and you still want to be seen for what you were going through. Yeah. Both things, yeah. Yeah. So I want you to sit with it for a moment and see if you have um, some other question or comment. It strikes me that this is, this is a, a real, something kind of, I wouldn't say we've come to any resolution, but a, a powerful shift just happened here um, when I heard that, that in this role, Casey was, um, it stopped being about whether Dan loved mm -hmm. her or not, but rather she values this thing she calls respect and didn't experience that respect satisfied in, in the behavior that had happened. Is that my understanding that accurately? Uh, the, the, I, the shift that I see here is different. Uh, the shift is from being preoccupied with how he sees her mm -hmm. to kind of like a sense that I get that you're taking yourself seriously and asking, do I respect him? So it kind of, for me, loops back to that question of you wanting to stand up for what matters to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It felt powerful for you to say that. Mm -hmm. Even though it doesn't feel like resolution, it does feel powerful. Mm -hmm. Did so, you feel that sense of power inside of you? Yeah. Yeah. Is there any kind of like relief in that uh, experience of power? Like, I am taking myself seriously. A little bit of relief. And then just like, uh, like a little fear that um, this isn't going to work. Yeah, and we don't know yet if this is going to work or not. Mm -hmm. I have oddly more confidence that we now have a full player here. Mm. That it's not just how does he view me. It's how do I view what is happening? Mm. And what is it that matters to me? And where do I want to go or not? That feels very different. Like yeah. I'm less the victim? Yes. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I feel stronger. Yeah. And it, the, the stronger you are, the more chance there is of the two of you meeting each other, mm. even if it doesn't feel like it in this moment. Shall we take one more break? Let's take one more break. I have another question when we come back. So we'll uh, take a short break. We'll be right back with the conflict. Back to the conflict hotline. Uh, Mickey, we hand it right back to you to, to get us uh, into this, uh, this conflict. I have a question, but I'll save it for the wrap-up. Okay. 
So, so um, we are close to the end, so I kind of want to focus on what, what do you think needs to happen for there to be movement? What would you like to see happen concretely? Because Dan cannot undo what happened. And that's another thing is that we get uh, in the past. What do you want to see moving forward that will give you a sense that you can give this a chance? I want to understand more why he didn't come to me mm -hmm. so that I have some reassurance that that's not going to happen again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so what I'm getting is you want to trust that the path of talking with each other is strong enough that it will prevent breakdowns like this from happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, can you tell us briefly what, what, would keep, what kept you from going to Casey? Because um, if I'd gone and said just how desperate I was feeling and also how frustrated I, I was feeling and how like seriously tempted I was to actually have sex with someone else, I was pretty sure that she would just say, that's it, then we're done. Mm. So, mm. you get it? Yeah. So you're, you're, wanting to, you're wanting to know that you can come to me and that I'm, I'll still be in dialogue with you yeah. and won't leave you exactly. if I hear that you're tempted? Yeah, exactly. I guess what, what, I'm, what I would say is that his being tempted is something that would serve as a kind of like a red alert. Mm -hmm. I want to know if you're tempted. I, can, I get tempted. I get that. I have no problem with tempted. I just want you to tell me. My understanding from having talked with Dan before is that certain things when he would come to you and tell you, you would say, okay, and that's the case, then I don't know if I can be in this relationship, and that he was very tired of hearing such things from you when he was stretching so much. Mm -hmm. Well, now maybe I'll be more likely to, to listen more and to not be so reactive. I mean, if that's, I'm willing to do that if that's what it's, I think I am. That's what I'd like you to do. Yeah, so there may be work, clearly there would be work to continue because, um, you know, to be able for both of you to hear each other's pain, and not just both of you, in, in any relationship, it's key to be able to hear the other person's pain, even if it's about you, in order to be able to stay together. And so he, he's basically asking you to grow in your capacity to hold and hear his pain so that he can uh, completely be present. Mm -hmm. This is uh, I mean, endlessly fascinating. I, it just seems to me we're, we're only skimming the surface of, of the depths of self-awareness that, that we could go into each of, of our Does characters. this fit for the question you were keeping from before? Well, it does. I want to ask that question. I also want to invite a little bit of a wrap-up and hear from everyone. But it seems to me a lot of what we've been unpacking today is, this, is something around the word cheat. Uh, Casey would talk, accused him of being a cheater a lot. And I think viewers at home would, would also see it in a similarly black and white. He cheated, and trust was broken. And yet we, we've clearly entered much murkier, grayer territory. And I just would love to hear you speak a little bit about this, the notion of the word cheating and see if you can help unpack that a little bit for the, the viewers at home. 
Um, you may notice, if you review this show and the previous show, I didn't use that word ever. Mm. Because my sense is that there are certain words, when they come up, they um, create or um, solidify or reinforce this connection. Mm. Because it's a word that comes with such a baggage of something wrong that there's, there's nothing you can talk about. If you unpack it into component parts, what's really going on? What's the real feeling? What is it that really matters? Then the people can start talking to each other across that chasm. And it seems to me that's very much what, what we did yeah. the last hour. And there's still quite a ways to go. And I have now more confidence that they're on their way towards connection. Don't know yet if they'll stay together or not, mm -hmm. but they're on their way towards connection. And I want to hear from you if that, if that feels true to you. Yeah, I, f I feel more open to being in dialogue, way more open than, than at the end of our last session. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah, I feel more connected to myself. Mm -hmm. How about you? I would say the same thing. It feels like there's somehow more chance for us to communicate. Great, Great. thank you. Thank you. This is the end of our time together. If you liked what you saw today and want to learn these tools, call our organization, Bay Area Nonviolent Communication, or look at our website for training opportunities. Our contact information is repeated at the end of this program. You can also make a donation to support the production of this show on our website. Lastly, uh, we want to hear your feedback. So please send us your comments or scenarios you would like to see us role play on the show. Send them to conflicthotline at baynbc.org. Before we go, I want to thank our role players, Newt Bailey and Allie Miller, and our conflict coach, Mickey Cashton. I also want to thank our all-volunteer crew. We hope you'll join us again next month on May 5th for another hour of the Conflict Hotline at 7.30 p.m. You can also see past episodes of our show at youtube.com slash baynbc. Till next month, I'm Jared Finkelstein. I hope to see you then. I take a deep, dark breath of my fear Breathe out compassion to myself I take a deep dark breath of your fear Breathe out compassion to you And the next breath is for all the people Who can relate to me and you mm. You cannot see eye to eye Won't you step up with me and try Drop the fences down, find the common ground, take a deep breath. I am here to love you. I am here to free you, yeah, enemy.